This insert is brought to you by Radio K Pulpit, 7 to 9 a.m. Please visit kpulpit.co.za. 7.45 from the dot. Welcome to breakfast. It's 7 to 9 a.m. from the word to your heart. Thursday mornings at this time means we get to chat to Wendy Christine. But first, the insert sponsored by Mana Health Products, the only 100% natural organic supplement for blood sugar control. Wendy is a health coach and wellness practitioner at Integrated Health Solutions. Uh, morning, Wendy. Hope you're well. Good morning, Brad. I am. Thanks. How are you? Yeah, I'm very good. I'm sitting here. keep telling everybody it's raining and I've got sunshine here, but I do see some dark clouds looming. So um, I'd like to get all the confusing news behind us and let's talk about something less confusing than the weather. (laughs) We started our chat last week um, on glucose and then insulin. We couldn't have a chat about glucose without an insulin conversation. So it seems just uh, fitting for us to pick things up, chatting about diabetes this morning. Um, There's much to talk about, uh, Wendy, so let's get into it. But uh, two types of diabetes, um, and I know that you've mentioned to me in the past, research has shown there might even be a a, a type 3. Yes, that's right. So the type 1 and 2 are the um, main types of diabetes, But the type 3 that the research is now talking about is diabetes of the brain, which can be linked to Alzheimer's and dementia and those kind of cognitive decline um, disorders. Um, They are are seeing now that blood sugar dysregulation um, is leading to those um, diseases more more quickly. Mm. So let's let's stick with the two that we know well, and we might even have listeners right now that say, "Yeah, this is the I see where I'm at here in this conversation this morning." Let's start uh, with type one. Can you give us uh, some details? What sets the two apart? Okay, so type one diabetes is an autoimmune condition. So this the immune system starts to attack the. Um, and destroy the pancreas's beta cells. It does this by mistake. It's not supposed to do that. Um, and then the body can't produce insulin anymore. So the onset of type 1 diabetes usually starts in childhood. Um, it can also appear in adulthood, but it's more likely to, to start from, young, from younger days. Um, and it's often a genetic disorder. So it can be more common for people who have a family history of type 1 diabetes. Okay. Uh, just a quick thought that's come to my mind around type 1 I know we're going to be speaking about lifestyle choices. Is there something one can do to reverse type 1 or can one only manage type 1 through lifestyle changes because it's an autoimmune disease? Yeah, it is irreversible. It is not it's something that can be managed well, so that's very important for people to follow you know, low sugar, low carbohydrate diet because the the body's just not able to produce the insulin that is necessary. But it's unfortunately not a reversible disease. So let's move to type 2, Wendy. Tell us more about that. Okay, so type 2 is more commonly a lifestyle disease. So this one you have control over. This one is potentially reversible. It depends on how far along, the, how far down the line you are. Um, but it develops slowly. So many people will um, not necessarily have symptoms that they're aware of for a long time. And they can be pre-diabetic for many years before they become diabetics. Uh, so, what is going wrong? I, I don't know if that's the best way to ask the question, Wendy. But what what is what's a miss in your body that's uh, bringing the onset of type two diabetes? Okay, so with type type two diabetes, it impairs the way your body uses glucose. 
So the cell receptors become less sensitive to insulin. So instead of going into the cells to be used for energy, the sugar then circulates in the bloodstream. So normally you will see that your blood glucose, when you do a finger prick test, or if you go for a blood test, that your glucose levels will be elevated. Um, but when that remains continuously high, it can damage the arteries and it can cause nervous system and immune system disorders. Okay, so I'm going to put together what chatted about last week with what you've just shared. So um, glucose needs to be transported by insulin around your body is what you told us last week. So if there's an issue with insulin, that means the glucose isn't getting to where it needs to be getting. It's just sitting in the bloodstream and then causing the problems. That's right, yes. So the insulin is supposed to act like a key. It's supposed to, it gets it gets secreted by the pancreas to regulate your blood sugar. So when you have a meal, your, <clears throat> your blood sugar will rise automatically. That's normal. Insulin is then signaled to be released so that it can go and collect blood sugar that's in the in the bloodstream and transport it into your cells. But now if that's not working effectively, the cell is no longer receptive. So and the insulin can't do its job. So it can't get into the cell. And then you land up with lots of glucose and then raised insulin as well, which is then when you find out that you are diabetic. Okay. So so if you're well, if you if you're not pre-diabetic or diabetic, where will that extra blood sugar go to um, until you need it again? Well, then it gets stored in your liver. Ah. So your body utilizes what it needs at the time, and then the excess sugars go and get stored in the liver in a in a form called glycogen. And then if you haven't eaten another meal in time to replenish those levels, your body then tells the liver, please convert that back into glucose so that we can use it to keep your blood sugar stable until you're able to eat again. So if things aren't working properly, what's what could potentially happen then to the liver if uh, you're diabetic? Well, you can land up with a fatty liver. Um, you can land up with sclerosis of the liver as well because the liver actually gets damaged and it starts storing fat around the sugars as well. Okay, so um, what are the what are then the what can, what can we say? How can we best identify what's happening inside of our bodies? Because we all have issues with blood sugar. You know, oh, I didn't eat enough, or I'm feeling like oh, my blood sugar's low, or whatever. So um, you know, we, we're all uh, aware of how we often feel. But at what point is the way that you feel a trigger to say something is really wrong? Yeah, well, you you would definitely start feeling more. Um, consistently unwell after eating, um, a lot of the symptoms would be extreme fatigue. So you have several symptoms that could could um, occur if you are in that stage where you were starting to head towards diabetes. But even in your pre-diabetic phase, you could have these um, these symptoms. So your, your body is less and less able to regulate the response to sugars. And so you're more likely to have some of these symptoms. Okay, so what are those symptoms that, that, we, that we're looking out for? What are those alarm bells that's saying something isn't right? So people often complain that they're very thirsty and they're thirsty all the time and water doesn't quench their thirst. Um, they urinate frequently. They can have increased hunger, hunger. So you're hungry all the time. You've just eaten, but you are still hungry. And that shows that you're having these major fluctuations in your blood sugar. Mm. You can have weight loss or weight gain. But often with um, diabetes, you start losing weight and you think, oh, my goodness, I'm not doing anything, but I'm losing weight. So some people think, oh, that's good, but it's not necessarily good. Um, you have an increased waist circumference. So you've got belly fat, lots of lots of extra layers around your tummy. The fatigue and that wanting to sleep, those afternoon slumps or even mid-morning slumps. So you can find that you eat a meal and a few hours later, you just feel like you can't keep your eyes open. 
Um, and then with more advanced um, diabetes, you uh-huh. would have slow healing wounds. Um, so if you hurt yourself, especially on the legs, um, you often find that it just takes forever to heal. You can get numbness and tingling in your hands and your feet. Um, you can find that patches of your skin start getting dark or you can develop skin tags. And then blurry vision is another one as well. That could also be a, a telltale sign, especially if it's not consistent. So, you know, your vision changes throughout the day and you think, oh, my goodness, like after lunch, I can't see anymore. It's a typical sign as well. Um, I'm, I'm guessing because uh, we actually spoke to somebody around um, the, the treat the way uh, we deal with diabetes. Um, I think it was on Tuesday morning. Uh, particularly in the responsibilities of of government in in helping those that are already uh, diabetic, so we we're very much aware of this in South Africa. Maybe not not enough is done in certain areas to assist, but um, we certainly can get help easily. Or we can get tested easily. I don't think this is a complicated thing to get to the bottom of it, uh, is it, Wendy? No, it is a very easy test to do. Uh, you know, and even even the poorest can get a finger prick test. You know, mm. so all of the clinics um, offer that. If they're not doing the full blood test, they certainly can do the finger prick test, so you can check on glucose. But that sometimes lulls people into a false sense of feeling like they're okay because your body can still make or your glucose levels can be normal for a very long time, and you can still be diabetic yeah. uh, or not pre-diabetic. <clears throat> And so, yes, t- having it tested is, is vital. But I think another important point is now you get diagnosed with diabetes and you're on your medication. Along with that needs to be a lifestyle change. Mm-hmm. You can't just take a pill and carry on as you were because it's not going, it's, your disease will progress. It's not going to get better. The medication doesn't fix the problem. Your lifestyle fixes the problem. Okay. So what are those in the short while we still have left? What are some of those keys in, in lifestyle and then also in what we eat that we need to keep an eye on to, to keep this at bay? Yeah. So it's vital that we are avoiding the refined carbohydrates, the sugars, um, the anything that spikes your glucose very quickly. So our food combinations are important. We should be trying to inc- incorporate proteins, fats, and then very slow releasing carbohydrates if we are eating carbs. Um, and then exercise is important as well. So those are probably the two main things that keep us um, keep our blood sugar blood sugar levels nice and stable. Um, yeah. Uh, um, what about sleep? I've I've read that sleep has major impacts, or getting enough sleep has more impact on our health than we imagine. Apart from just feeling tired, if we don't get enough sleep. It- Yes, it certainly does. Um, sleep, if you don't have enough sleep, it can potentially trigger a diabetic state. Um, and so a certain number of hours is very important for us. We, we really shouldn't be sleeping less than six to seven, depending on you. But, you know, some people think, OK, but I'm fine with, with four to five hours. Mm. Your body's actually not that fine. It needs more sleep to be able to regenerate. Um, and and studies have also proven that, that um, sleep deprivation can contribute to diabetes. Well, you've heard it. We'll make sure this podcast is available for you as soon as we can and you can work through this again. Um, I hope we've, you found it helpful listening this morning. Um, so thanks so much for tuning in and hearing what Wendy has to say every Thursday morning. Wendy, appreciate your expertise. Thanks so much for this. And we'll connect again soon. Have yourself a really great Thursday. Thanks, Brad. You too. And stay dry. It is definitely raining outside. <laughs> thanks so much, <laughs> Wendy. This insert was brought to you by Radio K Pulpit, 7 to 9 a.m. Please visit kpulpit.co.za.